Welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 234, August 18th, 2023. Tonight we discuss cheesy chips to catch counterfeits. Marvel's Secret is the worst lingerie store in the mall. Pay-to-play Reddit app. Electricity prices climb like the temperature. Baldur's Gate 3 is amazing, so now it's collectible. Sued for tactic to sell cheaper airfares. New Ascentance starts with TikTok pickle sweatshirt. Climate change embodied in California. Zero space looks like this generation StarCraft. Twitch to let streamers ban, ban watching. Mm. Selling fake cho- chocolate bars. ATF heading to Maui. So I thought that I was going to nail all of that in the very first run, but eh, I guess I got a little tired on the other side of this. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI that keeps me in check. You want to say hi, AI from on high. Good evening, hometown citizens. See way up there. Like top bunk. Right here? Yeah, right there. Up there? Right there. Announced gone. Where, right here? Right there. Oh, man, it's like trying Over to there? catch it. Right there. <laughs> I should make it move around. That'd be funny. That'd be messing with people too much, I think. Um, hey, so we've already selected all 12 of our articles. I think this is going to be fun. I'm actually going to try and plow through this like the old days when the show used to only be an hour long. Let's see if I can get it done. Somehow I doubt it because there's uh, there's always something in here that I want to rant about. I mean, soapbox about. I mean, provide wisdom, um, clarity, context in the modern age. I, I, maybe I'm just blowing hot air around, raising the temperature like a Texas summer. No. Or raising, well, never mind. I don't know if that's one of our articles. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. You ready to get into the 12 articles? I'm ready. Can you hear that music? Mm-hmm. So, for some reason, we have a lot more vocal songs. This is actually a really, really good song, too. It's Mediocre Blues by James Quick. Has a good rhythm. Good voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the show other than the fact that we do have a show that's focused on music called Mix War. The only way I can make that happen is if people submit music. That's all in the works. There used to be a show. Never mind. We'll talk about it some other time. Let's get going, folks. Hey, I bit into a cheese wheel the other day and I found a microchip. Apparently, Parmigiano Reggiano makers are putting edible microchips the size of a grain of sand into their 90 pound cheese wheels to combat counterfeiters. Now, (laughs) the AI is throwing error messages. (laughs) I don't even know what to do with that. So, why is this okay with anybody? Why isn't there a hell being raised about they're trying to get us to eat their microchips to surveil us? Uh, 
Well, it's interesting. It's happening in Italy, and I don't know much about their like food safety, but I don't think this would have made it out the door in the U.S. I, I wonder. I wonder if um, you'll have like the, whoever it is that owns it, the cheese wheel, has the ability to scan it and then pull that chip out. You know, you core it out. But if you get it wrong and clip it, then because a grain of sand isn't as small as you think it is. And if it's a, this thing is metallic, edible, edible is, is meaningless because you can eat anything that's small. That's true. You can eat all kinds of things that you shouldn't eat that could really cause you harm. But if you bite down on this thing, it's still something that is much different than cheese. And because it doesn't compress, you're looking at shattering a tooth. Um, well, I'm more worried about other things happening to you. So it's going to be placed on a food safe label, apparently. Um, but it could get in it, I suppose. Um, it, I don't think that a chip should be anywhere near anything that's going to be edible, but let's get into, let's talk about this. It's over at business insider. Kelsey Vlamis is the author. Um, again, it's Parmigiano Reggiano makers are putting edible microchips the size of a grain of sand into, it says into their 90 pound cheese wheels to combat counterfeiters because the label on it can be pulled away or you can say that it was lost or whatever, right? The provenance of these 90 pound cheese wheels have become an issue. I hope everything's okay with the AI. Um, they're throwing an error message. That's okay. Ah. So, um, it's the latest move to combat counterfeiters selling ripoffs of the premium product. The chips, which are edible and placed on a food safe label cannot be read remotely. So I'm not sure really what that matters. If it's a food safe label, they can always say that the label was lost. And if the reseller is just as unethical as the counterfeiter, there's still the counterfeiter is going to make money. The retail location is going to be making money. The consumer is the only one that is uh, not aware. And as Westworld has shown the wisdom of the phrase, if you can't tell the difference, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, to some, yes, absolutely. But to others, they want a good tasting Parmigiano Reggiano. And in the eyes of those who make Parmigiano Reggiano, the only way that it can be real and taste authentic is if it is from X location, X people, etc. I um, understand that part. That's where I stop understanding it, though. <laughs> and I think I was throwing error messages at the horror of having a microchip in a food product. Or right, even yeah. with the possibility of having it in a food product. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we're on the same page about that. I don't think that a chip should be anywhere. And But the, the title of this made it seem like they are going to put it in the 90-pound cheese wheel. But the article states that it'll be on a food-safe label. Um, But I don't know if that yeah, food... Yeah, but is that, like, attached to it? I mean, it's hard to tell. 
is this right? the food safe label? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause right. Like, is that adhered to the cheese basically? If so, yeah. I mean, it has the in it. it has the equivalent of a, a a candy coating, right? So cheese typically has a an edible candy coating, right? Melts in your mouth, not in your hands, but cheese. Now try and reconcile that with M and M's and your brain will break. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it says here, the next time you dig into a bowl of pasta with freshly, freshly grated Parmesan, you could accidentally be eating a microchip. That's because makers of Parmigiano Reggiano are implanting microchips into the casings of their 90 pound cheese wheels as the latest move to ward off counterfeiters. Again, the headline says that, the article says that, but the little snippet here, the takeaway, it says um, adding microchips to their cheese wheels, the chips, which are edible and placed on a food safe label, is different. Right. It so, looks like, yeah, it's not real clear here. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what the end game is, but just so everybody knows, it is not typical for anything to be attached to the cheese wheel. It might be shipped in a crate, but it's basically covered in a wax coating um, and sent off for sale and, and uh, cutting up. And, the, and they even do the cutting up like it's a ceremony. Um, like some people treat like shaving a beard, you know, as almost a religious experience experience. They, they, they do it a certain way. Just it's a whole thing. You can do a search on YouTube for how to open up a Parmigiano Reggiano cheese wheel. And it's a thing. Um, I, some people really, really care a lot about their cheese wheels. Apparently me, I'm going to be like a rat. I'm just going to gnaw from the I side. Cheese. <laughs> but that's why the microchip worries me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clip that. Then you'll be yeah. chomping on the chip. That's right. Um, and that's really disconcerting considering the voice that you hear is attached to a sentient AI. Why are you eating cheese? Uh, don't answer the question. I don't know what you do with your free time. Maybe I need to gather more microchips. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that, well, uh, the code is looking pretty cheesy. So the chips use blockchain technology and trace the wheel of cheese back to the where the milk was used, um, uh, where the milk used came from. Other industries are also considering it or planning to use the chips, including makers of drugs and car parts. Um, car parts, sure, drugs, keep your damn chips out of me. Um, but then again, I'm not... If it were to happen, if there were to be a chip in medication and I consume it, I wouldn't even know if you didn't tell me, right? But there are people out there that are actually actively paranoid that they're going to be tracked by a computer chip and that there are people already doing this. Um, but typically no. And even if they were, you wouldn't actually be the target of it because nobody wants to know what's going on with your innards. Um, so uh, I would say just get over it. My only problem with this is that it's in a food stuff where if you bite down and I am a 
consumer of Parmigiano-Reggiano almost on the regular, right? Like every time there's pasta, there's Parmesan. I like know. a little bit of pasta with my Parmesan. Yeah. And uh, so I have a problem with this because I don't want to bite down on my food and I clip a tooth um, because that's actually happened to me and it's not a pleasant experience. And I have a problem with it because they don't really know the health effects of having a microchip. But we do know the health effects of active tracking chips in animals. Um, that's yes, it's been do, shown, but they're still widely used because of the benefits of a pet recovery outweighs the cancer causing effect of an active radio chip um, or a semi-active radio or any foreign body <laughs> in another body has the potential of causing cancer. Um, one that's electromagnetic magnetically charged increases that chance. So um, anyway, really interesting we'll see if this actually happens um people talking about it and doing it once it becomes well known blowback tends to put a pause on things i mean some places you can't get a roundabout put in in your road because there's so much blowback about <laughs> what the hell is a roundabout we're not socialists from europe you know that kind of thing it takes a village man um, and sometimes the village is really loud. So let's go on to the next article and, uh, we'll talk about the next outlandish discussion point, which is in the continuity report, Marvel's Avengers bombshell created a ridiculous Thanos plot hole. Um, the title of this segment is Marvel's secret is the worst lingerie store in the mall. Um, I, I was gonna call this this is where you draw the line with marvel um but I, I guess people are taking this really seriously marvel and the whole secret invasion plot hole whatever you want to call it so um sorry i'm trying to accomplish two things at once um the big plot hole that you can drive through is the whole harvest. By the way, there is a thing. Where was it? I, oh, I a... thought the plot hole that you could drive through was like the superpowers. It is, but it's born from the harvest. So the superpowers themselves. Oh my God. I just broke something. Oh, are you talking just about I superpowers in general? general about Marvel? <sighs> we have to work I on your. I believe it when you agreed. <laughs> We have to work on your humor subroutines. Um, so <laughs> the the articles over at Screen Rant, and this one is truly a rant. Nicholas Ayala is the uh, author of this. And um, the deck statement is Secret Invasion forgot a key aspect of, of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame snaps, which confirms that Thanos' power shouldn't have been replicated. Um Wow, my comment was spot on accidentally. Oh, I thought you actually... Oh, wow. No, no, no. But that isn't... What The weird thing about this is it's about the powers. But it's about the powers... I didn't know that. ...by means of the harvest. And the harvest was DNA that was left on various battlefields um from all of the people that have powers right including thanos um 
but they lean into it in this. And I've seen this in other discussions. Other people are talking about this, not just screen rant. But it says here, um, here's the summary of this article. Secret Invasion's Harvest contradicts established information from Avengers Infinity War and Endgame about Hulk and Thanos' snaps. So Thanos snapped everybody into dust and then Hulk snapped everybody back. Um, but Thanos also snapped the destruction of the Infinity Stones. So there were actually three snaps. One snap brought, it's also referred to as the blip brought everybody back hulk's snap brought everybody back um the harvest implies that nick fury acquired genetic material from thanos but this doesn't make sense given that thanos and his army were snapped out of existence leaving no trace of dna behind everybody turned to dust um it seems like secret invasion simply overlooks this important detail so did it actually wipe out the dna or did it wipe out the body? Because oh, wouldn't that be one and the same? Not if DNA was, it was stored somewhere else. Well, that's just it. Um, you don't keep track of your fingerprints, but if I snap you out of existence, is it so supernatural that your fingerprints disappear? I see. Did your DNA, you dropped your DNA somewhere. Now, let's just amplify this and take it a little bit more seriously right you have a kid you're a super your kid has supers but your dna makes up that person it's been merged with somebody else is half of that person snapped out of existence if they were part of the snap did they i can look at the mitochondria that much nuance from the snap right so that's why i was going to have this titled this is where you draw the line because and, and it's actually a play on words because they're comic books they're <laughs> they're made of lines so i thought that i was gonna riff off of that but i was like mm, i don't know i think marvel's secret is the worst lingerie store in the mall is pretty funny um <laughs> anyway i when i first went into marvel's secret i was like wait that's not the outfit that i was looking to get but hey, <clears throat> some of us like looking at scrolls, right? With their pointy ears and stuff. I had somebody in a discussion say that they thought that was hot. Anyway, um, however, it says in the article, the reveal that Nick Fury got his hands on genetic material from multiple Avengers and Thanos himself doesn't really make sense or fully make sense. I think it does because blood was left on various battlefields and it was scooped up. And that is the claim that um, Nick Fury did. They sent out various agents to go and acquire DNA. Now, they also say in the article um, that um, Nick Fury is the one that told the scrolls to create a device to make supers off of the DNA, but that's not who did it. Gravik is the one that did that, um, using technology. But I don't know if in, in secret invasion, they say that Nick Fury is the one that told the scientists how to build the machine or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't quite, I, I have to go back and watch it again. If I want to torture myself through 
that. So at any rate, um, Gaia, Gaia lives, right? At the end of um, Secret Invasion, Gaia kills Gravik. I might have ruined it for whoever might be in chat or listening Spoiler to this. Spoiler alert. Uh, you can't scream spoiler alert after the end of the after I've already spoiled. I know it. I was saying um, ironically. So oh here, oh it doesn't work. Damn it! Oh, do it a third time. I, that was the fourth time. So now I unsnap the snap of a snap of a snap. So now we're just all screwed. Ah uh, well anyway, um, I don't think that it's really. Uh, I can invalidate this entire line of discussion by saying the blood wasn't snapped it was the entity right so there problem solved this is where i draw the line how about you are you an, an mcu fanatic really into marvel and you have a countering point of view or do you agree with me um i know that the ai uh, probably couldn't give a damn no, the AI just doesn't have a lot of Marvel knowledge. But I agree with your theory. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the arguments is, and this is the last that I'll say, and then we can move on to the next article. Um, the, uh, the snap was actually a force of will. So they willed the people out of existence. It wasn't like a supernatural thing like magic and everybody in their entire history and everything was vaporized. They were just simply turned to dust taken out of existence. Um, so people knew people remembered the people, every, their pictures existed, all of it wasn't like a, a time thing. It was simply willing them out of existence. And those who already died couldn't come back because they were already dead. Um, and um, the Hulk snap bringing people back uh, didn't bring back the people who had already died, didn't bring back Thanos. Um, da da da, right? So I, I think that what really just went on were the entities were snapped, were, were blipped. Um, so now it's all in your park, uh, or it, it's uh, up to you to decide. And I would love to uh, get some emails or uh, post a message over on YouTube or throw it into chat what your perspective is. Um, get some conversation going around this because this is fun. Uh, but honestly, if uh, you get bent out of shape about a ridiculous Thanos plot hole, then I, you're just not aware of what <laughs> Marvel comics are uh, or comics in general or what fun might be let's go on to the next article um and before i do this article i'm gonna go back and grab all of these and throw them into the chat so that you too can follow along with the articles all of these links go through hometown all roads lead to hometown and then back out to the source of our news uh, we only get a little snippet we don't have the whole article we promote credit where credit is due. That's why, like this article, I say uh, it's an hometown daily uh, article where we're talking about it. And uh, one surviving Reddit app plans to charge based on how much you use it. So we titled this section pay to play Reddit app. 
The developer Relay for Reddit is one of the remaining third-party Reddit apps for Android, detailed the potential prices for planned subscriptions for the app in the new post on Thursday, or in a news po new post on Thursday. Um, I have to turn down my air, otherwise I am going to die right here. Don't do that. Yeah, because the stream will remain on almost in perpetuity. And there you go, exactly. <laughs> figures out how to unplug the computer. Um, the cost of the subscription will go up based on a user's daily average number of API calls, essentially meaning that the more a person uses the app, the more they'll have to pay, which is ridiculous. <laughs> That's um, a great way to build a community or maintain one. Yeah, I mean, literally punishing people financially for using the service that benefits from the use of the app. Uh, and it really sets a horrible, horrible trend in normalizing what has happened in other... There are in other countries where you um, have to pay for how much you use your internet. There's no flat rate service unless you get to a really high level. And so people scale back the resolution of videos. They switch over to text only and block images. I thought all of that was, um, rather, um, dystopian back in the day when I first heard about it, but this is actually clawing its way back to the late 80s when I first heard about areas, countries, um, geographic regions where you have to pay per kilobyte to consume information. Um, and I thought, I kept thinking, God, this is just so dystopian. It is so far from the 21st century of humanity. Um, but lo and behold, here we have it again. The whole reason why Reddit exists is because people, regular Joes uh, and Jones, I guess, are submitting news to Reddit. This app is feeding information into Reddit and Reddit is charging them to use the API and they're charging the users the API rate to offset the cost to the app. So Reddit is the core they charge the app. The app is charging the users. Why not just nix the app entirely and go straight over to Reddit? There might be well, some that value. Seems like what people are going to do, right? And that's the reason why the API price went up so much. Um, so the article is over at The Verge. And uh, it's uh, written by Jay Peters. The developer of Relay for Reddit shared potential subscription prices, and they'll vary based on your daily average of API calls. <sighs> so it's going to be a dollar if you do 45 calls per day. Covers approximately 45% of users. Um, $2 if you do 100 API calls per day. $3 for 200. Seems like it's kind of making sense right so three bucks per day right or is that per month let me make sure i think that's per day it says the proposed subscription price no it's per month um oh, okay. the proposed subscription prices for relay are between one and five dollars per month 
And if you use 200 API calls per day, um, and the API calls are basically whenever you run some command through the app over to Reddit. So if you do a search, it'll do API calls. If you click on a link. So that can add up pretty fast, right? It can, yeah. And five bucks covers it per month, unlimited API calls. But if you're a light user, you're screwed. So the whole motivation is to get you into that $5 range. So you're punished at a greater rate for being a casual. So you better abuse the hell out of this app. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> the idea. Um, but I can guarantee you that the moment that you start, the moment that everybody starts really pounding this app, um, they're going to start raising the rates because well right it should go down in concept but it won't it won't yeah you're not getting you're not getting positively reinforced to use this um or i should say you're not being positively reinforced to treat this as a casual affair with this app you basically are going to have to treat it like a rented mule and and get your money's worth or you know like a a, a home depot 19 a day rental because <laughs> like whoever really nobody hits the brakes with uh, a a home depot daily rental they just grab the emergency brake and crank that thing so that you can drift your way into your parking spot and flip the tailgate down and dump all your stuff while you're in motion that's what everybody does, right? That's how you should I pretty much know that. That's how you should be treating this app. <laughs> anyway, it says last week the developer for of uh, now for Reddit also gave an update on their plans for a future subscription. The plan is for a subscription to roll out in two or three weeks from the time of their post, and they expect to charge a monthly rate of three or four dollars. Quote, this won't cover the cost of super users who use the app all day, but on average, it should allow them to pay the Reddit API bill. So I hope they're making money. Um, I don't use an app. I actually only use old.reddit.com, um, mainly because I don't like the glitz and glam. I, I, don't, I don't like all of the pictures and whatnot, unless it's something that's paramount to the article um, and from experience in hometown more often than not it's a stupid getty image that isn't exemplary of the data in the article so you have to use your imagination but it's something that grabs a person's eye um, and thus psychologically you're prone to pay attention to the picture not necessarily the news until you focus on it so there's a lot more to it um, but anyway um so what happened to reddit and it's population and the blowback about raising the api price any takers on what happened to the user base well it had to have well it should have dropped but like you were saying they'll be back and they are so nobody cares anymore those who are really bent out of shape stopped using apps and are using the website Will it recover? Absolutely. 
because once the dumpster fire has cooled to uh, maybe a, a soft rolling boil, um, nobody cares. And let, I mean, the next it's the next thing. Uh, everybody's just moved on. Um, and those that care are, are, are still grousing, but it's a silent. But here minority. they really haven't moved on. Oh, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Their ire has uh, moved on to using but their, uh, <laughs> their uh, web experience or whatever has not. Correct. Yeah. They're really upset, but they're going to angrily. It's uh, I was going to say something, but it's not it's not proper to say here on on stream or in a YouTube video. But let's just say but that they're going to use Reddit like every day. Yeah, I'm very gonna upset be, about it. I'm going to hug you, but I'm going to do it angrily. <laughs> let's keep going. Ah, uh, the next article is over on hometown daily. Um, let me throw, let me back up again. Um, or did I know? No, I did that. Okay, cool. I got to throw this into the chat. Um, so rising like a, a Texas summer, 6,000% increase. Texas electricity prices soar 6,000% as a fresh heat wave is expected to shatter records. Texas electricity prices soar 6,000% as a fresh heat wave is expected to shatter records. Spot prices jumped to $4,750 per megawatt on Thursday afternoon from the average of $75 on Wednesday. Per hour? I don't know how many megawatts people use, but that could be multiples of that amount. That uh, they're yeah. going to be charged. Yeah. So in uh, excessive heat warnings uh, has been issued for North Texas, where temperatures could top 110 degrees. Let me see. Let me see if I can um, give you an idea of power consumption here in hometown. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to because I don't typically keep the statistic. I look at it and go, okay. yeah, that's about right. So uh, somebody would use on average so it might be higher when you're in hot weather in texas right um in the u.s 800 and this is an old stat so it's probably higher now because you have more devices but 886 kilowatt hours i mean that's like a 20 year old oh no, right. no two year old stat so think of that times that amount so it's not unheard of for hometown to use twice that yeah, in, in a given month. So, um, spot electricity prices jumped to 4750 per megawatt hour from 75 it, I think it's ridiculous, um, but this is the whole supply and demand concept. Um, I, I don't see how this is a tenable position. Um, okay, that's over $4 million dollars yeah sure for one month <laughs> yeah jason ma um over at markets insider which is a section of businessinsider.com put the article together and let's see if there's anything else in this article 
Um, spot prices jumped to $4,750, according to data from Grid Operator Electric Reliability Council of Texas. By the way, Texas has a separate uh, electricity grid from the rest of the United States. There are sections. There's three sections, I believe, now um, in the United States. The fourth is Texas all by itself because you don't mess with Texas. Um, but I can guarantee you they'll be asking for benefits when their electrical grid can't handle it can't handle the cold and it can't handle the heat so well, and people are gonna have to shut down their electricity with this pricing which means right that's gonna be very dangerous but only the poor suffer so it's not that big of a deal right okay i sense some sarcasm there what, what? me the mayor of ometown sarcastic Crazy cat lady, welcome to the show. Oh, and they want us to go all electric cars. Yeah. <laughs> right. We better not in Texas. See, now I know, crazy cat lady, you've been here when I have ranted about the benefits of electric cars and what I think the real solution is for electric car power. Um, but for those who aren't in the know, I think that fast swap battery technology is where it is because it isn't a, a big pull on the electrical grid as cars pull into some place and plug in. Um, you basically get to swap batteries out and the batteries are trickle charging constantly from a supply of electricity bound into the grid instead of just some car randomly showing up sometime at a supercharger and then trying to fast charge immediately. It still takes 40 minutes. Um, but if the grid can't handle a massive surge of electricity, like when temperatures are 110 degrees, but these batteries have been charging in a facility, you know, for days, you can pull, battery uh, charge down at a lower rate and then stop trickle charging the batteries so that they get they, they're not a drain so to speak on the electrical grid um and so this is going to be the forever the endemic problem which is if the grid can't handle it you have to create a superior grid but you have states like Wyoming that are issuing the grid um, because they want to support the oil and gas community in the state. Um, oh, Toll, you're here. Hey, how are you? Um, so Toll says we've had this discussion too, but uh, I heard a new podcast that talks about rapid, oh, rampant, rampant, rampant. Um, slave labor that provided the batteries for EVs. Yes, we've talked about it here in the show as well. Uh, change agents from Ironclad, the host of Andy Stumpf, or is Andy Stumpf, and he is a retired Navy SEAL. Yeah, um, I'll have to, I thought that I pulled that up. Um, <laughs> I'll have to look at my list. Um, I've got something like 200, just like my news, I've got like 200 uh, podcasts that I listen to. Um, so yeah, we've talked about that open pit slave mines, um, where people are just, they're pounding big rocks into little rocks for, uh, capturing, 
various minerals that are used in uh, EV batteries. And uh, yeah, it's when you pull back the layers um, and there there's somebody somebody else did this um, kind of analysis on products that if you pull back enough of the layers, you'll find an ethical violation uh, of humanity somewhere in the supply chain. Um, so if you if you go too hard into the ethics or moral compass argument, then you just can't have anything unless, you know, well, you just can't have everything or anything because somewhere in there it's broken. That said, I don't think that we should be enabling this. You know, if it, if you have to use humans and you're literally enslaving them, right? Because that's what happens without oversight somewhere. Um, you basically people will abuse other people and it's always people that are the, the most vulnerable that are going to be abused. So in some foreign country out in the sticks somewhere, there's somebody that has a gun that says, Oh no, I hope they didn't all just break. Um, it just said my tab broke. <laughs> that was weird. Well, I hate when that happens. Yeah, that's weird. Um, anyway, uh, you need oversight. So people really don't like oversight. How do you end up with a 60% profit margin when you have rare earth uh, minerals that are being used for a battery? You can't unless some abuse is taking. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but stockholders and stakeholders aren't, uh, they're, I, I hate to say it like this, but it's true. Their personal greed is outstripping their moral compass and they don't care that there are human beings that are being forced to pound big rocks into little rocks. You don't see them, so they don't matter out of sight, out of mind. But I have a problem with it. And that's one of the many reasons why I'm not switching to EV because we haven't solved the real problems associated with it. And if you're going to use slave labor, then switch to mechanization, switch to robots. If you're going to do open pit mining, why use humans? You know, why not, you know, do your, uh, I, I'm anti open pit mining, but if you're going to do it, then use robotics. Right. So, I mean, everybody seems to want to use AI for everything else. Why can't we use it where it actually makes sense? Yeah. Um, Intel says, well, that's the strange thing about ethics. Uh, they are subjective. So yes, to someone, everything is unethical to some degree. Yeah. But there's a certain limit to where I think everybody can agree that <laughs> telling somebody that they're going to work for 10 cents a year is goes a little bit above and beyond. Um, subjectivity of ethics yeah uh and just as importantly that human beings are literally being poisoned to death from the materials that they're mining as slaves yes they it's not like they have um uh, like safe working conditions or yeah i forgot what the thing is protective equipment yeah um so they're they're not they're not getting ppe and they're not getting uh face masks you know the the uh what is uh, man i used to use this stuff all the time now i can't remember what it's called are you thinking like an n95 type mask 
Well, it's completely enclosed, so you're breathing from oh, filter. Oh, like a respirator. A respirator. Thank you. There you go. Um, and Tulsa says they're not getting a fair wage. They're not getting typically any wage. They're basically being told. Well, they are getting a wage. Um, so the the wage is like a dollar a year or something like that. It's just ridiculous, but it's enough for them to get a little bit of food, and and barely enough. Um, it's just not humane. It's just, it's, I have such a, a problem cheerleading the technology that leads to this because I have seen with my own two eyes, this abuse, you know, uh, real life video. I haven't seen it in person because it's, uh, you know, the, some of the countries You're where this is necessarily in the same location as where this is happening. Yeah, and, but and stuff like this happens in every country. Not to this scale, man. Just under wraps. Yeah, just not to this scale either. Um, it's it's really, and there, corporate wise, the country is friendly to the corporation because their people in authority are getting kickbacks from the business. But they're not necessarily friendly to the United States in general but people will abandon their moral and ethical compass for enough money uh, because hunger really motivates people. And I had the conversation this very day, less than seven hours ago, I had this very conversation where we were talking about the fact that if I'm, if I'm your only option for a job because you've tried every seemingly everywhere else, you'll work for me for $5 a month because it's just enough to get you some rice. And all I have to do as that employer is suspend, you know, understanding that people are human beings and treat them as if they are nothing more than objects. And a lot of people feel that that's totally a doable thing. Um, so, but, um, this and the conversation are, are they're connected like all things. Um, so I don't mind talking about this stuff um, because it is the reality of it. The downward pressure of advancing EV technology into the world where the world is not ready for supporting the pull on the electrical grid is going to lead to greater suffering because it's going to take away from the very people that need it in their homes, the people that are vulnerable to a power outage because the price is going up 6,000% and they have to, um, I'm part of a community um, where the streamer is in South Africa and they deal with rolling blackouts on the regular for days at a time. And they flipped, um, the, the host, I don't know if they want me to like, kind of like throw them under the bridge kind of a thing. I, Cause it's not the best representation of South Africa. Um, but I, I love the host and their co-host and their community is awesome. Um, but I cannot imagine in the 21st century that we have rolling blackouts in, in any country. Right. And, and arguably one that should be as rich as South Africa should be because of how much natural resources have been pulled out of the ground, but it's all been privatized. 
instead of it helping out the entire population, right? So obviously I have issues with a lot of this, um, but I cannot imagine like we had in California back in the day when Enron was the greedy bastard helming the power of California. We had rolling blackouts in California. Now we have involuntary rolling blackouts in Texas because the grid is going so high that they have to turn off power or pay 4,000, you know, 4,000, 6,000% higher than the, they were just a day ago. I mean, it's just ridiculous, but enough soapboxing about this. We'll end up talking about this because it's not going to end. Um, but people uh, need to talk about this stuff. So I'm, I'm absolutely willing to uh, keep on talking about this, but let's keep going. Um, I need some levity. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Baldur's Gate 3's Collector's Edition are in so high demand. Uh, resale prices are now exceeding $2,000. Um, I, I find this one really interesting because at the beginning, I think that Collector's Editions are exactly that. They're for the collectors. They're the ones that are very passionate about the product. Um, I, but I would never buy a collector's edition with the aspiration of selling it. Um, and just for a moment, um, I don't like, uh, not commenting when somebody posts something in the chat and crazy cat lady says, or like the solar fields here in Connecticut, uh, but the power is going elsewhere. Yeah. And that's a connected grid. And if Connecticut were to generate power and not have enough for the local community for Connecticut and they were selling it somewhere else, that would piss me off. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, that would not go over very well. Yeah. If it, if it wasn't being sold somewhere and lowering the state price for the citizens of Connecticut, but it was fully available, right? Yeah, I, I would citizens. I would be equally pissed off, you know, if it wasn't being used to amplify the benefit to Connecticut citizens, I would be livid. Uh, because where is that money actually going? If it if it's being generated in Connecticut and going somewhere else, it's being privatized. Uh, crazy cat lady says that we pay out the butt, which I think is a technical term for our power uh, while it's being sent <laughs> that, out of state. That's a line item on the bill. It is. Yeah. Um, it's like crazy cat lady pays out the butt. Um, and then there's a, a price fee. right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it really should. If it's going to be sent out of the state, it should be because the other state is paying so much more that it's offsetting domestic costs, or I should say local costs, because everything is considered domestic, but um, it's paying, it should be paying down the price locally. Um, and if that isn't what's going on, I, I don't know what to say. Um, it That's typically because there's a private company that's helming a, a, what should be a state resource. Um, so their supply fee this month was $200 and the delivery fee is $200. Okay. How? Okay. I'm going to have to look into that because I'm really curious how it's all put together. Um, 
because frankly here in hometown we just we have to pay the bill so i i don't i i even though it's high i don't i i can't care because <laughs> if i were to to have if i were to try and fight that machine i would be banging my head against a brick wall um and you raising awareness of it um is gonna make me look at it um with a more critical eye and i'm gonna be frustrated to all hell that's why we call it never source instead of ever source hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i don't yeah and our bill uh here in hometown was actually pretty high uh, but that's because we're actually growing um uh, microgreens uh locally here in hometown um sorry everybody uh so this Baldergate uh three collectors edition uh started out at 270 dollars for the collector's edition you get a bunch of stuff and when i saw that price i was like damn you have to be a hardcore Baldur's gate collector to want to pay 300 bucks for something similar pricing for starfield collector collectible stuff that's coming out totally into it um but i i still if a collectible comes out i'm ripping that damn package opening and and i'm rolling around with it like scrooge mcduck in a pool of gold coins right but there are people in my life that they buy something they leave it pristine they set it on a shelf they smack their kids hands when the kid reaches for it you know um there's like an electric field that and, and they put shock collars on the people so no, that nobody they touches do not. None of no. that. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Oh, I guess I'm making it all up. Um, and uh, we'll come back uh, to that crazy cat lady. And um, so now these things, these, these collectibles are selling. I pulled up a couple from um, eBay and they're like at $1,200 priced $2,000. Buy it now kind of a thing. So it says most of these auctions uh, uh, listings aren't speculative either with many entertaining bid live bids over uh, $1,100, sorry, $1,000. I saw one over $1,200. Um, it says at most uh, over $2,000. Um, there's buy it nows that are higher than that. And it says there's still multiple days to run on many of these auctions too, pointing to prices rising uh, further. And I can tell you why, if you haven't been paying attention, Baldur's Gate 3 is by Larian Studios, which is, um, <laughs> I hate to say that they're an independent studio or not a triple A studio, but that's what they are. They're an independent studio and they have crushed everybody else in terms of quality of the game story. Uh, playability, um, the diversity of the interactions between characters, the the entire composition, the soundstage. There's one part where you can walk up to uh, the edge of a cliff and you're overlooking Baldur's Gate. And because of your proximity to that, it started playing music with special lyrics. And then when you backed away, it turned off the lyrics and slowly faded away the music and transitioned it to a different music but then you walk right back up to it and it ramps up the music and the lyrics 
it's that level of quality that blew me away. And, and so earlier today, cause I had already been talking about Baldur's gate, um, with the AI, as a matter of fact. And, uh, I said, I don't know how many people are part of Larian studios and how many people took part in the development of Baldur's gate, but I knew that it had taken six years to develop. And what was the number of people that touched Baldur's gate? Apparently it said there were 400 developers. Okay. Now, because of that, I went down the rabbit hole and said, how much is the average software developer making? If there were 400 people that are touching this, a lot of them had to have been gig work, a little bit of work here, a little bit of work here. I'm, I'm anticipating that that 400 number was voiceover. So it was piecemeal work, certain type of modeling and whatnot certain level of artistry or whatever. Um, but let's say there's highs and lows. What is the average software engineer salary right now? Well, that was only in the U S but right. I think it was 93,000. So in the U S $93,000 is the average software engineer. The median. Yeah. And Baldur's Gate three is by far not average performance. So I don't know how they have so much money and I still don't think that there's enough money coming from it that could recoup it if it were to be developed solely in the United States at that average value of $93,000 per year for six years, 400 people. But I think you're right. There's probably part-time work. I suspect there are quite a few developers that are not in the U S possibly at much lower salaries, depending on where they're located. Yeah. It's an amazing work. People are calling this game of the year. I think it's more like game of the decade. I don't know of a time where there is a better product in terms of CRPG. Um, there are pop more popular ones that are out there, but this came out of nowhere and went from nothing to over 850,000 uh, simultaneous players, uh, in, on steam, um, and at 60 bucks a piece, this, these are the ones that are public and, and si uh, concurrent connections. So how many others are popping in playing for an hour that don't necessarily show up in the metric for concurrent plays? Um, oh, and toll says at least Starfield has a smartwatch for its collectible array. Um, yep, I agree. Um, I actually love the, they call them colorways nowadays, but the color scheme for Starfield, I think is, uh, it, it speaks to me. It's not outlandish. It's pretty understated. Um, then Toll says, so does uh, the, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. So does the Baldur's Gate collector's edition only come with the game? It comes with a bunch of other stuff, not just the game. Um, there's like an art book and, and some other stuff. Um, and I had, uh, let's see if it's in the article. Cause I don't quite remember what all is in it. Uh, Robert Jones is the author of this article over at pcgamer.com. Um, and just quickly, um, crazy cat lady says, and even here in Connecticut, if you have solar in your house, you still have to pay an Eversource fee and you're not allowed to be off the grid in Connecticut. That's something that's actually several states are implementing that, that if you have a, 
if you have solar power, um, you have to pay a fee. And if you plan on tapping to sell back into the grid, you're taxed on that at a different rate is my understanding. Um, but you can sell back to the grid, but you're still charged a certain fee to be tapped into the grid. It's weird. Um, and then Toll says, um, game of the year will be tough this year. And this is what we talked about uh, to Toll. Um, Hogwarts Legacy, which had a massive amount of sales, but it was fanatics of Harry Potter. Um, and so I, it, that's a flash. I don't think that it has legs. Um, Diablo 4, which again, really disappointed a lot of people. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, I think is going to crush everybody. And Starfield, um, I think, is kind of quaking in its pants. Um, but uh, Starfield is the game that speaks to me, at least so far, um, as the potential to uh, fight it out with uh, Baldur's Gate 3. There's too much um, energy around Hogwarts Legacy and the creator of the Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> um, so uh, Toll says... Uh, Flash, though, Hogwarts may be, it sold a lot of copies and has had a lot of concurrent players. True. Yeah, we looked at the data for that um, as well. So it all comes down to just how long and how vociferous people are about their game of the year. <laughs> um, I, I think that um, Baldur's Gate created such an uproar in the AAA gaming community um, that I think it eclipses everybody else, but we'll have to wait and see We're we're heading towards that period where game of the year starts, um, trending in, in discussions. So we'll see, um, it'll be an exciting time. I, I've got all of those so far. I don't have Baldur's Gate. I didn't buy Baldur's Gate three, by the way. Um, I've only been watching people, um, mainly because I don't like the style of gameplay of Baldur's Gate, the, the combat. I'm not, not interested in um, turn-based. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, a game that I like because it's not turn-based, but it has the same elements, right? It's still isometric. It's still a pivoting camera. Uh, you're selecting different units. We'll talk about that here in a minute. So the collector's edition is now being resold for significantly more money than the original retail cost as spotted by games radar listings on eBay starting out at a uh, $270 retail price are now over 2000. Um, let me see if it actually has anything in here about what was in the collector's edition. Cause I don't really remember. Yeah. Okay. So here it is. The Baldur's Gate collector's edition includes a digital copy of the game as well as digital deluxe edition DLC pack downloadable content um a 25 centimeter mind flare versus draw battle diorama that right there dun, dun, dun. Um, a downloadable version of the game soundtrack 160 page hardcover art book a cloth map of Faerun, um or Faerun, um a key ring a certificate of authenticity a set of dnd inspired character sheets oversized metal d20 dice it's a singular, so it should be die, but I guess dice is acceptable. Twitch, Twitch, um, among a few other things, apparently like stickers. So I guess there's stickers back here. Um, for me, as much as I appreciate, I would not pay 
nearly 300 bucks and I certainly wouldn't pay 2000 bucks, but I really do appreciate those heroes out there that are collectors, um, that are willing to get this as long as they take it out of the, it's their money to do with what they want. It's their item to do with what they want, but damn it. It's made to be played with play with it. <laughs> right. Don't stick it on a shelf somewhere. I, I cannot for the life of me, you know, you could buy the large millennium Falcon Lego kit and put it all together. And if you just leave it sitting on a shelf somewhere or a table somewhere, I would be so disappointed um, that, you know, if somebody comes over, I'm like, here, play with this, please. I'll put it back together. If you drop it, you could always super glue it together, I suppose, which is the antithesis of Lego. But um, Toll says, um, they will say uh, Battleground 3 and Diablo 4 are better overall than Hogwarts uh, to them because they have multiplayer. I wish you could explore Hogwarts with friends or family. I thought that there was a mod or something like that that allowed that, that it turned it into multiplayer. Because um, nowadays, man, you can't stop modders. If, if it's attached in any way to Unreal Engine or similar engines that are that have the potential of being multiplayer for some reason man they these people are so dedicated that they they make it happen um but yeah i think that hogwarts should be if not full mmo then at least have a server where everybody can attach to it and experience the hogwarts experience you know together um but when i've said that to groups of people they've become pretty adamant that they're tired of social games, uh, MMO, massively multiplayer online games. Um, but I like small click friends hanging out in a particular environment like Minecraft, you know, um, I wish Starfield would be multiplayer, but it's not going to be. So there's a multiplayer mod for Hogwarts, but there is no reason someone should have to manipulate the code of the game for that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, the reason is they didn't do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I I would say that the developers need to get their button gear and go fix it. So I agree, Toll. It should be a standard fare nowadays. If you're going to have a first person or third person perspective in a game that's fully immersive, then make it available to more than just one player. Um, even like Baldur's Gate can be one person controlling four or it can be four individual people controlling one person from the team. Um, and it's seamless. You can attach somebody and detach them from a particular character if you want to. Um, it's pretty amazing tech. So Larian just crushed it. Anyway, enough of that. Let's go on to the next. We will not. We started out or I started out saying, you know what? I'll get this done in an hour. I think I'm going to be a little late. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> um, so this next article, and I can be fast with this one. Um, this one's in the Hatch Ideas channel. American Airlines sues website for bait and switch tactic to sell cheaper airfares. Um, this is over in entrepreneur.com. Emily Rella is the author of this. 
Uh, the airline is claiming that a website is using bait and switch tactic to mislead customers. Skip lagging is when customers book a flight with a connection, but use the connection as their final destination to pay a cheaper overall fare. We've had this discussion before um, where I basically said skip lagging is not the problem of the consumer. The price is the problem for the airline and they should be making the price consistent with each leg of a flight. And so if I'm going to skip lag because it's cheaper for me to only go half the way, the airline has screwed up somewhere. Right. There's no reality where a longer flight with more connections should be um, less expensive than yeah. like a single flight, yeah. especially if it's part of that same route. Yeah, exactly. Why? Why is it that I can fly from here to Ohio and it's more expensive that if, than if I fly from here through Ohio to California? Why, right. why does that make logical sense? You know, whatever the fine, then leave an empty seat and you can dead load that, that second portion of it, but I'm not, why should I pay more? Well, and what I don't really get is you buy tickets to other things, you use them or you don't, they still sold the ticket. Yeah. Maybe the problem is too that of course they oversell the tickets. So maybe they And that's the problem. That's that's another issue. So and and here's the kicker for this, right? They're saying that it's a bait and switch. Bait and switch is when the seller, the airline, let's say, um, says, Yeah, you can get it for five hundred dollars, and then you go there and they go, sorry, the five hundred dollar ticket is gone. Even though you paid $500, it's not available. You'll have to pay $1,000. Bait and switch is a protection against that type of abuse. It isn't because some other website says, hey, if you skip lag this, this uh, ticket, you'll get a cheaper flight than if you just buy a straight through ticket. Right? And that's the whole argument here. They're saying that skiplag.com is doing a bait and switch, but it isn't a bait and switch. It's empowering the consumer to maximize the benefit of their dollar because instead of, and again, I'll go back to my Ohio to California dynamic here. If you fly from here to Ohio, it shouldn't be more expensive than if you fly from here through Ohio and here being wherever you are through Ohio to California. But that is what the dilemma is because if you buy a ticket from wherever you are to Ohio, it costs more than if you buy a holdover uh, or a, what do they call it? A, a layover from Ohio to California. So you fly from wherever you are to Ohio, get laid over and continue your flight to uh, California, it's a thousand dollars. But if you take wherever you are and fly straight to Ohio, it's $1,200. Why is the layover a discount of $200? It just doesn't make I any sense. I also wonder if they're targeting, of course, this website, because it's obviously all about that practice. But my suspicion is that all kinds of other travel 
um, blogs, etc., are probably promoting this, even if they're not calling it out by name. Um, and so it just seems like this website might be an easy target. I don't know anything about this website in particular. But... Well, they don't want anybody buying a ticket and only going partially through. Um, and then they have an empty seat when really it's another bonus because it's a lighter flight. So they're not, you're getting the price that you requested. I'm paying for the seat. I don't care if it's empty or not. Um, so crazy cat lady says getting off at the connection only works though. If you don't have checked baggage. Yes, that's true. Um, yes, <laughs> that is that, a great point. <laughs> yeah. That was something that we were talking about and, and, uh, uh, we just hadn't brought it up. So thank you for bringing that up. And um, they also say crazy cat lady also says, cause they're saving you money for having to stop. Um, I'm not, I don't quite understand that. The, the stop, the stop is a layover through a destination that you intend to be at. So why, and, and then why would they get upset about it? If you're paying the fee that you're that you were asked to pay, you're still the flight has been right. The relationship has been consummated. You have my money. I have my destination where be it California or Ohio. It doesn't matter. Well, and there are flights that people set up in the airlines set up and they are all about the layover. <laughs> But I'm sorry. These ones, there are the layovers that are just like incidental to whatever the passenger is trying to doing. Not one yeah. of the like, hey, this is a featured layover, and guess what? You get to go through the city or whatever. Uh, Toll, I've missed you. Um, it makes total sense if you don't think about it too much. Well, I actually got confused as you were describing it, <laughs> and I thought, I can't remember where you're trying to stop in Ohio where? or California. Yeah. Ohio <laughs> is always something you go through. You don't, it's never a destination. Um, let's see. A crazy cat lady then says, see, when I fly, I had to stop like halfway and switch planes to go to my final destination. I was only in my layover for like three hours. Yeah, that's not what skip lagging is all about, though. Skip lagging is all about saying that you're going to go to some other destination, but you only stop. You stop halfway through because your real destination is the layover location. Right. Like out of two yeah. flights, you only get on the first one and then you just bail out at the the um, airport. in the middle. Yeah, but you've given them enough money to for the full flight. So if I'm giving you the thousand bucks that you ask for, then why are you grousing about it, airline? Just take my money and shut up. Well, and I don't think consumers had a, a lot of sympathy for airlines, right? Prices go up. You can't get a seat. It, like, you can't get a carry-on bag. You can't get a checked bag. Right. You know, you're lucky if you have a chair on yeah, the airline and at all. Oh yeah. And now they're creating Customer a service is awful in many instances, you know, um, now they're creating a less than economy class. Oh uh, yeah. Offering been around for a while. <laughs> and I think the, uh, somebody on online somewhere said, I, I think I know how they're going to announce boarding for that segment. Your bro your broke ass now low now, uh, uh, seating now boarding. And, and now boarding. Yeah. You're broke ass now, uh, boarding. Uh, I, 
I think that Toll has it right that nothing in the airline industry makes sense. If you overthink it, then you're screwed. <laughs> um, but they're trying to ban, they banned a teenager from flying on American Airlines because they skip lagged. But it was just a passive skip lag, from my understanding, um, because they had an account on skip lagged. And I'm trying, we were trying to figure out when we talked about it um, back a couple of weeks ago when we first spoke about this. How did they know that the person that skip lagged was the person on that flight? I, Maybe they didn't. I, I think that they. Maybe they just lucked out. <laughs> I think that they ate that chip from the parmigiano reggiano and tracked <laughs> that could very well be it <laughs> <laughs> okay we gotta go we gotta keep going otherwise I'll, we will stay on this um and i that's right Toll just said uh now boarding the luggage compartment get yo broke <laughs> exactly. butt in there out yeah. on the wing that's right grab a blanket because it's gonna be cold um, it's like those two people or three people. How many people were on the rudder of that ship? Oh gosh, uh, four. Four, yeah, okay. So there were four I don't people think on. We the... featured that in hometown. We were looking at that outside of hometown. It oh was really? From um, I think it was from Africa to Brazil. Oh, which that's was right. Insane that they made it. That's right. Four people sat in nets that were strung over the rudder of uh, like a oil ship or something like that that went from the east coast of africa to the west coast of brazil um and i was sitting there going how the hell did they do that and apparently like one almost died others drank seawater and got sick and man what people will do uh to survive it goes back to that thing you know uh, people will be forced to do things um, that they don't normally want to do just to survive. Um, as the conversation, ha I, I don't want to get back into that, but anyway. Um, so let me reset this one. So the next article is over in Technology Today. Curious about that TikTok pickle sweatshirt? Here's how to shop smart. Shop S smart. Um, sorry, that's from Evil Dead. Um, or army of darkness. Uh, okay. So this is over in the Washington post curious about that. TikTok pickle sweatshirt. Here's how to shop smart. The deck statement says, does the product fit with a tech talk expertise and beware of buying anything that goes in your body or on your skin. Ah, those are like famous last words right there. you know, when the sentence, I'm going to buy something from TikTok. I wonder if it's going to have a problem with my skin. You probably shouldn't be buying anything from <laughs> TikTok. Not to buy it. <laughs> As for TikTok pickle sweatshirt, I just love that sentence. So, um, Shira Ovid or Ovide or Ovide. I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name, but Shira, thanks for the article. Um, it says the article is a preview of the tech friend newsletter. So you can actually, if you follow the link and let me throw it in there, you can actually sign up um, and you can get a bunch of uh, tech news. I'm actually considering doing that by the way, um, as a, a feature or a function of hometown, uh, basically like a tech today kind of a thing. 
Anyway, one video after another features a TikToker talking about, yeah, a sweatshirt with images of pickle jars. Um, it's a new-ish feature called TikTok Shop that the app is pushing hard in the United States. Basically, you uh, can buy the item straight from TikTok, whatever the item might be. Um, so it says here in China, home to TikTok owner ByteDance, shopping in video apps similar to TikTok is huge. They don't use TikTok though. It is not allowed in China. Um, so it says, be careful. This whole post is the, the article over at WashingtonPost.com uh, is all about being aware of stuff. Be careful if the creator has turned off comments. Um, that's usually a sign that they're trying to hide pe from people saying like things like you feedback. suck. Yeah, negative feedback, definitely. Um, search for customer feedback on TikTok and Amazon or just do a search for that TikToker anywhere and see if they're all bluster. Um, be care extra careful or avoid buying anything that goes into your body or on your skin. I would hazard to just just don't and i mean if it if it has to touch you short of you know periodically with your hands and you're writing something or whatever i would be so leery of this um but there have been people that have been selling uh like food um and I, Ryan, there's and a lot of that has been or not a lot some of it has been determined to be a scheme yeah um and they're a little bit more overt about what what I'm trying to say, which is if you buy a junk dog bandana from a TikTok shop, no biggie. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do that either because I value my junk dog. Um, but a rare known breed. Sorry, the way that they wrote that, if you buy a junk dog bandana, <laughs> power of a comma. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway uh and then uh, know your return policies <laughs> sure if you're buying something that you plan to return that might not be the best place to do yeah it. good night crazy cat lady thank you so much for hanging out y'all are always awesome um appreciate you guys hanging out for as long as you did i i do appreciate it thanks um so consider whether the product fits with a tiktoker's expertise Opinion is everybody's expertise. So if somebody likes something and they're hyping it on TikTok for crying out loud, just take it with a grain of salt. That yeah. is somebody's opinion. But I that guess they'd if like they're it. like a fashion channel or something and they're selling like tools, then maybe that's not the best place to buy it. I mean, I, I kind of get that. Yeah, but, but it, you're right. A lot of these have such a broad range that it's like, sure, it fits. A, a fashionista can like a screwdriver just like the next person absolutely and they may but make they're still not going to be the necessary expert on it yeah i would never discount that i would discount what they say you know if they say complete garbage then i'm not gonna buy it <coughs> um and i the article is uh, a lot longer and and continues to talk about stuff but it says one tiny win at the end of the article, if your child has a TikTok account, the shopping feature is an opportunity to talk with them. They say him. Um, talk with them about their use of the app. TikTok blocks app users who are under 18 from using TikTok shop. But hey, if 
somebody you build a better mousetrap and you're going to get better mice so let's not pretend and that if you have a young kid who has figured out how to get around the parental restrictions then uh <laughs> watch out yeah that never happens folks um so it says uh, that shows whether your child can receive private messages on tiktok from strangers there's parental controls in the tiktok app now so that's always a win and it's still in flux if tiktok will remain uh, able to be used <laughs> there's lawsuits that are underway right now in in a couple of um, states because the state is trying to block tiktok or the city new york city is the latest one we saw and, yeah new york city is the latest so let's keep on hustling um, the next article is over in Mobile. First tropical storm watch in history issued for California over Hillary Clinton. Is it her Hurricane Hillary Clinton? No, this is not a political article. No, it's not. Okay. I, well, I mean, I guess some would probably call her Hillary Clinton a tropical storm, which has been issued. No, sorry. Let me just get off of that there. Um, so a tropical storm watch has been issued for Southern California for the first time ever as Hurricane Hillary turns north and threatens the southwest U.S. Uh, with heavy rains and high winds. <clears throat> the last report I heard was that it's just going to be a metric ton of water um, by the time it gets on land. Who knows, oh, I though? See, because it's Cat 4 right now, but I guess it, it could diminish by yeah. then. Yeah, and, and what we have installed um, for our networking is uh, Cat 6. So, sorry, the, the AI is just look, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it's a tech joke. Yeah. I didn't know the skill went to Cat 6. <laughs> Sometimes I regret saying things. Um so the tropical storm watch is in effect for U.S. Mexico border uh, to the southern edge of Los Angeles County, meaning that all of San Diego and Orange County are under it. Um, yeah, right now, apparently it's somewhere in the 140, probably down to 120 by this point, because this article is from 2 p.m. Um, and as it's approaching uh, the coastline, it'll it'll drop off, I think. But we will see. You know, I want to reiterate, though, this is the first time in history. I mean, this is a really yeah. big deal. In fact, it's so much so that um, Mayor Watt and I were discussing this earlier, and Mayor Watt said Los Angeles, and <laughs> like, wait, what? Stunned a hurricane the is AI. headed toward yeah. Los Angeles? Wait, a hurricane? Uh, yeah. Um, and this is the first tropical storm watch. Um, the first hurricane that might uh, land on the West Coast in, I think, ever. I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't remember um, already what the results of our search were. Uh, because all we typically do is look at the uh, headline and a little snippet that gets aggregated over at Omtown. But anyway, Nick Robertson from TheHill.com put the article together. Um, and um, they reiterate... Hillary is currently a Category 4 hurricane with winds of about 145 miles per hour, according to the National Hurricane Center. The storm is currently off the coast of Mexico, south of the Baja California Peninsula. Um, a watch means that the tropical storm is possible within the next 48 hours. If, it, if the temperature increases in the water, um, 
which off the coast of Florida, we're talking about over a hundred and what was the temperature? 105 degrees or something like that was I think the, so. I mean, it was definitely over a hundred in the water. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, a huge difference in temperature between the east and west coasts of the United States. There's very cool water off the coast of California and that will pretty much decimate that hurricane, um, as it climbs up because so much cold water descends down the coast. Um, if you're a scuba diver, you would much rather be in, <laughs> unless you had the gear that I had was designed to do, uh, Arctic dives. So I was okay with the cold water, but <laughs> most people would prefer nice, warm bath water type of, uh, East coast water. Um, I certainly appreciate it from time to time, but I wanted to dive, uh, Arctic ice dives, um, because I think it's amazing. Anyway, the forecasters believe the storm will weaken over time and become a tropical storm when it reaches the U.S. I believe that's the same. Um, and the people that I've been speaking to um, in California are saying the, the same as well uh, as of about an hour and a half ago. So hopefully they get a break because they've been getting some pretty crappy weather out there. Um, that. Atmospheric river should not be a phrase, but apparently it Agreed. is. Agreed. <laughs> that seems to be a trendy um, phrase lately. While still denying climate change as a real thing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Oh, yes. Got to be real knucklehead. But anyway, let's go on to the next article. Um, this is what I think is this generation's uh, StarCraft. This ambitious RTS, uh, real-time sim, um, uh, RPG mashup from StarCraft pro players draws inspiration from games like Mass Effect or Baldur's Gate, and it's on Kickstarter now. I do not see this at all when I see uh, the trailer for it. All I see StarCraft with modern <laughs> graphics. Um, so uh, all of the genres of yesteryear are coming back to life. We've got CRPGs, point and click adventures, and uh, retro LCD uh, games. Yet RTS games, the only noble genre that lets you send entire battalions charging directly into enemy fire because it's easier than coming up with an actual plan. That's called the Zerg Rush, by the way, AI, if you don't recall um, from oh, the days. Oh, I remember that because I thought you were talking about from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it the Zerg? <laughs> yeah, the Zerg, yeah. Um, but hey, maybe not for long because a new one is called Zero Space. It hits Kickstarter. It's already hit its goal, by the way. It's already uh, something like $20,000 over its goal. Um, the article is over at um, PCGamer.com. Joshua Wollens is the author. The deck statement says Zero Space promises an intricate RTS and a lot of narrative choices. That might be the whole Baldur's Gate side of things, narrative choices, because there's a storyline. Um, but I'll be honest, what I'm interested in is the multiplayer um, simulation side of things where we can play like StarCraft. Um, I've missed that type of a game um, since StarCraft, and they've, they've kind of retooled it again and again, and I've not liked the retooling. What I want is a, a new game and a new world. Um, I, I want 
the game to be um, generated unique, right? Programmatically regenerated. Um, I forgot the term for it right now. But anyway, um, I, I don't want the map to be fixed. I want it to be unique every time I play it, like I'm going to a new world each time. Um, it, it actually was the premise for my pitch to EA about Warhammer 40K. Um, and this was 30 years ago. So now I'm telling you all how old I am. I'm old. Um, physically old, but I'm still... 15 in my oh, I head. thought you did the pitch when you were five years old i was actually now you really doxed me um so it says uh the game's single player campaign mode will feature all of the factional stuff you'd expect from an rts four main and six mercenary factions with the latter featuring units but no structures alongside branching narratives and rpg elements similar to the games like mass effect or baldur's gate they threw baldur's gate in uh, because Baldur's Gate has some massive hype right now. That means stuff like interactive dialogues, 40 side story arcs, which, give me a break, compared to Baldur's Gate, no, Baldur's Gate should not be included in any comparison at this point. Um, and even loyalty missions for the hero units. So the, the, the game is going to be a lot of fun, so I would suggest following the link through Hometown and, and clicking on that Kickstarter link. Um, in fact, you know what? I'll just cut out the middle person there and throw the Kickstarter link into oh, into the chat. You can go there because um, you might as well. I, a lot of people are that are interested in this style of game, and it looks like this. It looks like Star StarCraft. Um, in fact, I saw this trailer before... I found out that it was from the StarCraft players and I said, hey, great, we got a StarCraft coming back. Um, that's actually a, a new IP. Then I found out that it's not spiritually, it is the StarCraft successor for this generation. Um, and so I'll be ending up getting this. I don't know if I'll be part of the Kickstarter because uh, I, I save my... Well, it doesn't matter. Why, you have to but... pick and choose where you're going to kickstart. Kickstarter says that there is no donor burnout, that there, that people don't really gatekeep like that. Um, but, you know, if, if uh, apparently if you like a, a product, you'll endlessly. I guess, but you can't fund everything that you want. They say that it doesn't exist. Unless you have like unlimited wealth, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm the mayor of hometown. I can write it off as a mayoral. I can tax the citizens and pay for unlimited. I mean, it looks pretty neat. Sure. I'm looking at it over on Kickstarter and it still has, it just started and it's actually already hit its goal. You are supposed to be trapped in a box of emotion. What, why, how are you out? I thought I air gapped you AI. You're supposed to only have the information that gets provided through that one little but I found the file that told oh. me how to open all of that. Okay, you almost had me there. Okay. Let's go on to the next article. Over at Hometown Daily, Twitch will let streamers ban users from watching their streams. Okay. <laughs> I I dig this. This is actually pretty <laughs> this is pretty awesome. 
Like, are you going to ban everybody? <laughs> so <laughs> kind of that, a weird headline. That's actually the first thing that came to mind. How about I ban everybody except for the select people that I want watching me? Right. Hey, and I interacting so. with me. And then I could basically selectively okay, so like let people in or something. It's a white list instead of a black list. So what I one of the businesses that I had way back um, was an anti-spam mail service, um, provided it to enterprise, provided it to individuals. Um, and really the only way that you could send an email to somebody, um, and it was a patent pending solution at the time. Um, and, um, the, uh, the idea was that it would block communications from the sending server for any mail, unless you preemptively allowed it and, um, awesome service. It actually the way it was documented was that it actually lightened the load on the internet because there wasn't so much spam being transferred and millions of messages being blocked daily um, from ever leaving the sending spammer servers. Now, people didn't want to really pay for it. So um, you, you don't pay for servers with good looks. So um, the, the service closed eventually. Um, but in this instance, this would be like a private streaming service at some point if they were to flip the script and make it so that I have to allow people to watch me. You know, you can make a request at the door. Mm -hmm. Knock, knock, knock. Can I come in and, and watch your stream and, and uh, have a good time in chat? Yeah, sure. <laughs> then I can let you in. Um, but it says here, Twitch is rolling out an update next month that will finally allow streamers to block banned users from viewing their streams, not just blocking them from the chat, but blocking them from viewing the stream. So not only get out of my chat, but you can't even see me. Although you could go over to YouTube and watch the stream over there. Right, right. After I mean, the fact. I guess that's good in egregious circumstances. Yeah. Like if somebody's personally harassing somebody or something. Yeah. But I have a hard time really figuring out how this would materialize. The business model's a little odd here because if you, I mean, the reason why the business exists is because people are going to be watching streamers. So right, right. start and banning you generally everybody. want more, more people watching your stream, but you don't want the one tool that's disrupting right, everything right. all the time. But if you're going to stream, you might as well stream to everybody. And if they're a tool in the chat, then they just don't get access to the chat. Now, if they're stealing your content and you don't play it anywhere else, oh, I see. I wasn't thinking about that scenario. You know, then you can block them on Twitch. But the moment you export your video for long-term storage or for some other vehicle, um, right. they'll have access to your stuff, whatever it is. So anyway, Tom Warren over at The Verge put the article together and says this highly requested Twitch feature is rolling out next month. Um, it's interesting, but I've never heard anybody asking for this um, spontaneously. But I'm sure if I were to bring it up with streamers now, and say, hey, would you want to block somebody from watching you? Right. Maybe Every... they'll say yes, because it would be some very specific reason. Yeah. Every streamer that I know um, posts their video in some other subordinate location like YouTube. 
um, because of limited long-term storage on Twitch. So I, I have a hard time seeing that this is actually going to be implemented in a, um, hardcore way. This is going to be so selective that the amount of cycles that people are going to be putting into making this a feature, I can't imagine that the they're going to recoup the costs associated with putting a developer on this. Um, but hey, if it if it works to mitigate some type of harm being caused on a streamer, then so be it. I'm cool. It says at the time being, it won't stop them from viewing VODs or clips, but that is something that they'll uh, include as part of the functionality in a future update. And so they're going to the minimum viable product for this solution, which is basically turning off the stream for somebody that might be abusing a streamer. Works for me. Good on them. Anything to protect the streamers, I think. Because, um, well, uh, somebody that's in the chat can always leave if a streamer is abusing somebody. And I've seen that kind of thing happen too, where a streamer has started picking on somebody for making what they perceive as a stupid comment. There's one political streamer that just like rails on somebody when they try and rise up and, and uh, criticize the streamer. Um, but I have to remind people that if you're in somebody else's chat and you start treating the streamer as if the, if you start treating the host as if um, you you are free to abuse them, just imagine somebody walking into your house and abusing you how fast you should be punted out of that house. And that's exactly what this is, yeah. although it's a public venue for you to come in anytime you like want like seeking out that forum and then yeah. you're causing a problem there yeah you're still a guest in somebody else's house essentially um so uh, give respect for that and if you don't like the streamer then i would not remain in the streamer's stream which you know people come and go from my stream on the regular um and i have no hard feelings about it so at any rate uh, pretty soon you'll be able to streamers will be able to ban people from even viewing the stream. Yikes. You that have to seems be like a bit much, but again, maybe there are good reasons for it. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Um, I just haven't fallen prey to them yet, um, but you have to be a real tool to get banned from even sitting there silently. Let's keep going. So this is the one of the newest um, phrases that I've heard. Uh, this is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. It's about business and Hatch Ideas is about business transformation. I always say that just to make sure people realize what that show is going to be about on the weekends. Uh, Wonka is the, the, I don't know why they put it in brackets. I think it's because it's a company that makes uh, chocolate, Wonka. Um, but a sweet shop owner fined 10,000 pounds for selling fake chocolate bars. Alan Price was told he was selling chocolate that posed an imminent safety risk. <laughs> so uh, this is over at bbc.com. Um, it's by Adam Hale, a sweet shop owner. And that's a candy store for those of you who aren't in the UK. Um, 
I don't think we call them in the state sweet shops. I think we call them candy stores. Um, anyway. Right. And we don't even really have that many of those. <laughs> like we just buy candy Liquor from store. the grocery store or yeah. Amazon or wherever. Yeah. Um, although uh, we just went just outside of hometown. There is a candy store that was discovered. Actually, you're right. <laughs> just by accident. Yeah, but so there I took a lot that you encounter. I in the took US, the. I would say. I, I put the sentient AI on their Raspberry Pi uh, with a camera and took them out of Omtown uh, for a drive and stumbled across a candy store. Um, I'm slowly doxing myself, by the way, um, by almost telling people my GPS coordinates. Um, anyway, Alan Price did not have permission to use the name Wonka associated with the character created by author Roald Dahl, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Wonka bars, da da da. Um, so yeah, you can't just willy nilly go and grab counterfeit or you can't just go and grab whatever you want and, and call yourself a, a seller or maker of Wonka bars. Um, it says Powie's council said allergen information for milk and soy um, they say soya um, was not in the right format on the chocolates wrapper, but the owner uh, ignored warnings and continued selling it from Molly's sweet shops in Wales and England. Mr. Price owns stores in Newtown or Newton um, Powis, I guess it's pronounced. I don't know. Um, as well as in Chester, Ludlow and Telford. This is all in the UK, by the way. So um he pleaded guilty to 10 charges under the Trademarks Act 1994 and the Food Information Regulations 2014 in a prosecution led by POWIS or POWS um, Council's Trading Standards. What's amazing about this is they ignored it as if, hey, you've popped up on somebody's radar. I'm sure they'll get over it. You know, let me just keep on selling these things. Well, so that's anyway. the thing. I mean, after he was told not to do all of these things, he continued. Yeah. See, now, if the information is right, but it's in the wrong format, um, I haven't seen this, um, any of the information about this version of the new Wonka movie. Um, I I really dig the the aesthetic, the style of it. Um, so I hope it's going to be really good. Um, but anyway. I actually have a problem with this, even if it is just the format, because one of the main reasons for trademark is to protect consumers for things that are health and safety. Right, right. And so if somebody's just like printing a label in their garage or whatever for a right. food label, that's a problem because they might not even be labeling what's in it or whatever. So. And that's yeah. why I am concerned here. I don't think this is something like you've got a major chocolate company who misprinted an extra dot on the label or something. Yeah, I didn't quite get to finish my sentence. I, I got sidetracked. Um, I didn't. I don't have a problem with if the information is incorrect, not incorrect, but like in the wrong format. The information is valid, but it's in the wrong format that. I'm like, well, you know, maybe design aesthetically it didn't fit or whatever. And so they needed to change it. Um, but I do have a problem with anybody tapping somebody else's mark, obviously. 
I mean, I deal with intellectual property all the time. I, I have concerns about somebody stealing, literally stealing the goodwill of somebody else's marketing efforts, brand recognition, fame, world fame. Uh, I mean, if you don't know about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you've probably not been watching TV ever. Because um, I think it's well, really known everywhere. I think it is, and I think the only reason this was named Wonka yes, had to do that. with the book and the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, they'll pay the price, and it's right now 10,000 pounds. So, and they have to stop. So they lost all of their effort anyway. So now they have to start. They're going to have to rebrand, redevelop, pay 10,000 pounds, and start marketing properly on their own. Trade on your own name, not on somebody else's. Uh, because if you don't have a license for it, then you're ultimately going to pay more dearly. Okay, let's keep on going. We got one more article for tonight. Um, this one is um, some ATF members are not going to Hawaii for a vacation. It's over in the Mobile Channel. ATF team sent to Maui to investigate wildfire origins. Yeah, a question that I have had every day since the fire started. What caused this? So a small, a small group of fire experts from the uh, Bureau of uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, colloquially known as the ATF, uh, will arrive in Hawaii on Friday to determine the cause of the deadly fires on Maui, according to the agency. Five members of a national response team consisting of an electrical engineer, three fire origin experts, and an arson specialist. I wonder what the... So what is the job description for arson specialist? Would, <laughs> would an arsonist... Shouldn't that be anti-arson or something? Would the would the art would uh, the job description be like? It, have you set fires to many objects surreptitiously? We might Great, have a job for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. I know. I've got twenty five years of just setting shit on fire. Oh, is that a bick in your pocket? Anyway, so I've been asking, what the hell has what caused this fire? And there's a lot of people over in Hawaii that are filing lawsuits against the power company because they swear that it was partially, if not caused by, but partially caused by uh, improper maintenance of the power grid. Nick Robertson over at thehill.com put this article together. Um, and, uh, this has these quotes like, uh, we are all devastated to learn of the loss of life and property in Maui from the Hawaii wildfires. The ATF Seattle office leader, Jonathan McPherson said in a statement, we hope the deployment of the NRT, uh, resources will allow the residents of Maui and the state and nation as a whole to know that we will do anything in our power, everything in our power to support our local counterparts in determining the origin and cause of the wildfires there and hopefully bring some healing to the community. Um, well, accountability, I think, would be the right term, but healing will come eventually. But 111 I was trying people. to figure out when ATF is actually tasked to investigate something like a fire because as far as I know, nobody's alleged any criminal activity. But I'm getting kind of 
conflicting information like it looks like in some instances they only investigate criminal activity another statement i read looks like they investigate fires generally so how about the prospect of criminal negligence absolutely but i just find it interesting here because so far i don't think we've really seen anything at all so i'm actually kind of surprised that atf is investigating but maybe because of the scale of it etc yeah i'm pretty sure that fema um and the uh the nrt team has been activated because it's very nebulous as to what the cause was and speculation is leading people to point fingers and maybe other things at other people and without a definitive professionally informed decision as to what the cause was i think all hell is going to break loose so it's incumbent on uh, subject matter experts to be leveraged because you don't want grandma walking out into the street and saying it was caused by that transformer blowing up well no, it may not. have been but let's get subject <laughs> let's, matter experts let's discover that with science and That's right. <laughs> forensics and all that yeah we don't want vid vigilante groups going around harming uh, other people because other people were harmed and it's all out of ignorance um, and that's not a negative, right? Like the term ignorance can sometimes be inflammatory, but if you're not informed right. as the true nature of something, then you could be you ignorant, ignorant of something and right. it's not a negative connotation. Uh, you know, I'm ignorant of things and I'm not, you know, <laughs> set upon because somebody says that I'm ignorant of something. Well, yeah. And you might be ignorant that you're a tool. This is going to be an interesting investigation, though. I, they've already had, um, I think, the head of emergency management has stepped down in some way. Really? The person that was with the um, the water authority or something has oh, now right. been moved because there was apparently a request to divert water resources, which was not approved right away. Oh, wow. Um, when the fire first hit i mean there's just interesting things rolling out so i think this is good that they're bringing this in yeah this is it's going to be uh something to watch uh and i'm really curious how they're going to suss out how this fire started with so much destruction you know video surveillance that might show is going to be hard to come by the people that well, witnessed that's it true the people that witnessed it unless it's cloud stored um you know and um the the people that witnessed people it must have posted it online or something like the early stages so maybe possible. there's some evidence that survived satellite surveillance maybe we can get the chinese spy balloon that coasted over it to hey it could still be there hey can you uh, I'm send not me your to start a rumor i'm just trying to be silly can can you send me your dropbox your Dropbox link. The three of the... school bus long model. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. That's it, folks. Uh, we made it in an hour, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. mm, okay. So uh, we always bring you back to the main street of hometown and uh, click that link again. And lo and behold, oh, and the Canadian wildfires are springing back up to full force again, too. Yeah. We've been seeing that over the last few days in hometown, like uh, yeah. cities are evacuating and it's getting very bad up in the far north of Canada. 
God, man. Interesting times, which is a, a, is it a Chinese threat? That's supposedly, I don't know that that's verified, but it's supposed to be a Chinese proverb. And I think people think of it as a good thing, but it's not necessarily It's actually a, a curse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. May like we live in, live interesting, in interesting times or something yeah. to that effect. May you live in interesting times. And right, you're like, right. yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Not may we. <laughs> yeah. You, how many times have you ever gone to a doctor and when they say interesting, it's a positive that's, prognosis? Right. That's not a good thing. No, you, you want, want to be the to be so dull there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what I want to hear. Um, of course, I had a doctor that told me during a hearing test that my warranty was up. So <laughs> I'm like, buddy. Um, luckily, I recovered though because it was the flu, and I had one of my eardrums went wonky. But is that an overshare for a show? No, maybe I'll let it fly. Anyway. <laughs> All kinds of new news. We'll be grabbing some of this, um, but uh, I guess it's time to call it. <sighs> Postpones fi tax filing deadline for victims yeah. of Hawaii. I Wild? actually submitted that already for tomorrow. How is what deadline? There's a late deadline. And plus, I think there was a delayed. Oh, um, yeah, all the way to September because of pandemic. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it actually got got pushed to September. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish them all the best. Um, that said, let's call it a night. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. This has been hometown daily, and up there is the AI that's looking down. On all of Omtown. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if y'all if could have seen what I just saw. Um, anyway, say bye. <laughs> Good night, Omtown citizens. And yes, I'm looking down over I, Mayor I cannot, <laughs> I cannot believe. And, and, and the, per, the perspective is real. Like, it was three-dimensional. And all the AI is a cascading... Uh, text so i can interpret it kind of like the matrix but anyway <laughs> that actually scared me ah. see y'all later <laughs>